Good morning again, church. It's great to be together with you. And we are going to take a moment and read a verse together so you can read it with me. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. And let's take a moment and pray together. Father, we thank you that you are our Savior. We thank you that you save us from everything that comes against us. Even as we give our offering today, we recognize you as our Savior financially, and we place everything in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we give, I want to encourage you, we're giving online, and there's a variety of ways you can do it. The easiest one, uh, in some ways, is to go to our website and click on that. Or if you want a text to give, that works too. And you just text MVCGIVE to 77977, it'll take you straight to our giving platform. We're going to talk today about there's always hope for change. And we still are in the midst of a, a crisis. But in the midst of the crisis, we're living in hope that there is for change. And we're living in that hope to believe that what we really want in our lives is no other idols. We're focusing on God and on God alone. But lots has changed. Even as we just talked for a moment ago about taking an offering, I mean, it's a challenge to think about that. Some of you have lost your jobs, and I want you to know we're praying for you, and we believe that God is going to be your provider. How? I don't know. But I believe that God is going to come through for us. If there's ways we can help you, let us know. This is something that we're facing together, and what it has given us an opportunity to do is to really look at the challenges that we face. And I think some of the idols that challenge us are idols of, of money, idols of control, idols of leisure, and those are real in my life as well. They're true. And God has given us an opportunity where he has allowed, he didn't bring this problem to us, but he has allowed this to happen. Why? Because we live in a sinful, fallen world. We live in a world of sin and problems and difficulties. But God is calling us to look to him and to him alone and worship him. It says in Exodus chapter 20, as, as part of the Ten Commandments, in verse 4, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind, an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. So we should have no idols. We should only look to and worship God. You must not bow down to them or worship them. And most of us don't think we have idols, but we do. Anything in our life that takes our focus off God and puts it on something else becomes an idol for us. And it's easy for us in our culture to have idols. And I, I really believe the things that, that are being exposed in me right now and in you is showing us what the idols are and what they look like. Who would have ever thought that sports worldwide would be over and all we have is reruns? And I want to encourage you. This is a great moment to take a break from that. And if that's an idol in your life, this is a great moment. So I encourage you, don't start watching reruns of past sporting events. It's like a detox. And God wants to set us free. I lay the sins of the parents, he says, upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. If we reject God for an idol, he says it affects not just us, but it affects our family. And I know if there's idols in my life, they affect me, but they also affect my children. Because my children watch me. My grandchildren watch me. And I don't want there to be idols that are affecting them. I want them to focus and look and worship God. That's what I'm going for. I don't want to place them in that spot. But he also says, I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. 
So we want to love God. We want to obey his commands. So it's really a choice right here as he's talking about idols for blessings or curses. And I want my family and I want your family to live under the blessings of God. We want to say no to idols that would seek to destroy our lives. So why shouldn't we have idols? Well, bottom line is idols are always going to fail you. They're never going to come through for you. They're not of God. There's no hope in them. And there's a little story in Luke chapter 9 of a man named Zacchaeus. And Jesus is entering Jericho where he's working as a chief tax collector. And that means he's taking taxes from people and paying the occupying force. So he's not a very popular person. And he's not just a tax collector. He's a, the, the chief tax collector. And he's become very rich. And everyone knows it's by robbing people. And he, he wants to see Jesus, but he can't because he's too short. So he, he runs on ahead in the route and he finds a sycamore tree beside the road and he, and he climbs it. So when Jesus comes by, Jesus will see him. And you think, why would, why would he do that? Why would he want to see Jesus? And I'm saying it's because his idol has failed him. His idol has not come through. His idol is money. I don't know if he grew up in a rich family and he made a vow, I'm always going to be rich, or he grew up in a poor family and said, I'm never going to be poor. But he has compromised on multiple levels to become rich. And I'm saying it's an idol in his life. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 14 says, Those who make idols are ashamed, for they know that they are a fraud and they are lifeless. I think Zacchaeus has figured out that his idols are failing him. There's no joy in his life. He's got no real friends. He's hated by people. His idols have failed him. And our idols will fail us too, but they'll also deceive us. They'll tell us things like, we're going we're to enjoy it. It's going to be good. If you buy this label, if you drive this car, if you do these activities, if you look this good. I mean, how can we look good now? Like, I need a haircut, and I can't find anywhere to get one. Now, Esther's volunteered, but she's cut my hair before. So I think I'm just going to bring the mullet back. And I'm just going to let it grow. But I'm saying if whatever our idol is, it will fail us and it will deceive us. Because it's going to make promises that it can never do. Paul writes this, the Apostle Paul, to the church in Corinth and in his first letter to them in chapter 12, verse 2. Before you knew Christ, you were influenced or controlled and led astray by dead idols. Influenced, controlled. Whatever you love more than God will control you. You're influenced, you're controlled. And control is something we've lost too, and that can be an idol in our life, right? I mean, we're, we're not even in control of getting together with our family and with our friends. We're not in control of keeping our jobs. We're not in control of going out to eat. I mean, it's like, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're, you're sequestered in your house. You're like, you're like sheltered and you can't go out. And it's not even like you can go to a park in Yosemite because it's closed. We have realized that if we have an idol where we want to control our life and our situation, we have no control. That idol is dying for us. It's failed us. It's deceived us. And then it leads us astray. Psalm 49 says, you, 
Yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. You and I cannot pay enough for salvation. We can't ransom ourselves. We can't pay to God. The Bible says that there's nothing we can do to save ourselves eternally. But that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died on a cross. That's why Jesus paid the penalty for us. He came and died in our place. He paid the ransom to God. You will never have enough money, enough control, enough power to ever save yourself. Only God can save you through Jesus. So that idol is dying. Our money can't save us. Control can't save us. I love it when Jesus is in front of Pilate and he won't answer any questions and he won't say anything. He'll make no comments. And Pilate finally says to him, exasperated, why don't you talk to me? John 19, verse 10. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? And then Jesus speaks. And he says, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. You have no power over me. There's nothing that you have. You have no control, Pilate. You think you're in charge. You've come up all the way to being in charge, but you're actually not in charge. The idol of control is dying for all of us. I like to strategize. I like to think. I like to ask Jesus what to do and then do it and make it happen. But even that control is gone. Things keep shifting and changing and moving. We've realized that we don't have control. And I want to say, if we don't have control of the things here, we definitely don't have control of everything else. Who does? Who's ultimately in charge? God is. God has all control. And I want to say that's a good thing. We can let the idol of control die and give it to God. Idols will also disfigure you. They're going to make you ugly. Psalm 50 says it this way in 115 verse 8. Those who make idols will be like them, and so will all who trust them. They're going to disfigure us. We're going to die from the inside out because we've walked away from God. We're going to live in guilt. We're going to live in shame. We're going to live in bondage. We're going to live in unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. Because we're going to follow certain things that we realize we can't control. We can't control what's happening economically in our world or in our own lives. And it creates all kinds of emotions in us which bring us into death. They disfigure us. They make us, like think of Zacchaeus. He's not a nice person. However he started out and whatever his plan was, he's a thief. He's a betrayer. There's no joy or peace in his life. Everything that he has sought after has ended up empty in his life. That's why he wants to see Jesus. Because there's a desperate need for him. And idols will ultimately destroy you. Both now and forever in eternity. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. If our treasure is control, if our treasure is power, if our treasure is our looks, if our treasure is our possessions, if our treasure is our portfolio, 
That's where our heart's going to be. And we know the truth of the Bible that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're speaking words of faith, there's faith in your heart. If there's control in your heart, if there's fear in your heart, if there's idols in your heart, you're speaking out of that and it will come out in how you talk. It always comes out. A couple verses later, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money, which is true, but I want to say you can't serve God and be enslaved to anything else, any idol, any other power or any other control. You cannot be enslaved to that and bow to that idol and at the same time say I'm devoted to God. It cannot happen. So the challenge is to have a plan to destroy our idols. We need to destroy our idols. And the first thing we do is we look to Jesus. Jesus is the one that can set us free and destroy our idols. It's only Jesus. I know you think the answer is always Jesus, but it is actually Jesus. What does Zacchaeus do? He wants to see Jesus. Like, I've been to parades. I'm not a guy that likes to stand in line. I don't show up early. I get there at the end, figuring I'm tall enough to see. But now I have grandkids, and they're short, so I have to hold them or put them on my shoulder or try and find somewhere else, go further down the parade route. Zacchaeus was a very short guy, it appears, and he couldn't see. And because he was so hated, nobody was going to give him a look. Nobody was going to let him in. Nobody was going to give him a shot. But he was desperate to see Jesus. And I want to say, are we desperate to see Jesus today? Are we desperate to let Jesus destroy our idols? Are we desperate to let Jesus come in and set us free? Because I don't even think Zacchaeus knew what the end result was going to be. All he knew was he needed to see Jesus. And then we see our idols for who they really are. We have to see our idols for who they are. We, we have to understand who they are. We have to turn from them. We have to actually admit, you know what, there's an idol of, of power or an, hour, an idol of greed or an idol of control or an idol of money or an idol of leisure. We actually have to let the Holy Spirit speak to us, identify that idol so we can step away from it. You can't turn from an idol that you don't know is there. And I want to say, When Zacchaeus climbed the tree, all he knew was there was a need in his life for more. And he felt that the answer was Jesus. And God told him what the idol was. It's a powerful story that goes on. He climbs the tree. Jesus walks by and says to him, I want to be a guest in your home today. Come down. So he climbs down with great excitement and joy. People are displeased because he's a notorious sinner. But Jesus goes and has a meal in his house with his disciples. Galatians 2.20 says, My old life has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we take our eyes off ourselves and we look to Jesus, we see him on a cross, crucified, dying in our place, paying the penalty for our sin defeating the power of Satan and rising and defeating the power of death and we recognize that only Jesus can kill our idol and fill us instead with his power and presence as he forgives us of our sins because we've all sinned and fallen short of God's incredible, great and glorious standard. 
And the payment, the wages of that sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. The ransom to set us free was paid by Jesus when he died in our place. I don't think Zacchaeus knew all that when he climbed the tree. All he knew was there was something missing. He knew that his idol had failed him, deceived him, disfigured him, and was destroying him, and he knew he needed something, and what he hoped was it would be Jesus. He hoped it would be Jesus. So we look to Jesus. We see the idol for who it really is. And then we go for total destruction. I'm saying total destruction of the idol. Like not partially, not I'm going to kind of put it into the, you know, the other room or I'm going to put it in the closet or maybe I'm going to put it in the attic. We're going for total destruction of the idol. Zacchaeus says it this way. He stands before Jesus, the Lord, and he says, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, which is quite funny because everyone knows he has, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, that's Jesus, the son of man did what? He came to seek and to save those who are lost, those who are bound by idols. There is hope for change from worshiping anything but God, an idol, because of Jesus, because he came to set us free. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. So we go for total destruction. <clears throat> Picture it this way. There's a knock on the door. <clears throat> Little girl answers it, comes back, and her dad says, who is it? I don't know, Dad, it's some guy named Zacchaeus. What? What does he want? Storms to the door and says, what do you want? Are you going to take more from me? And Zacchaeus says, no. No, I'm here to give something to you. Here, I have something for you. I'm not taking nothing from your hand. I don't trust you. You're a thief and a robber. You've betrayed us as a people. I know. That's why I'm here, Reuben. I'm here to ask you to forgive me. I'm here to pay back what I've taken. I'm here to make it right. Can't you just see the guy looking at him and going, why would you do this, Zacchaeus? You know, I thought money would make me happy. I thought it would fulfill my life. I set it up as the most important thing. I gave everything to become wealthy and rich. And it ended up being empty in my soul. I knew there was something missing, but I couldn't figure out what to do. I had no hope to do anything. So one day, I heard Jesus was coming. I climbed a tree, because you know I'm short, and I couldn't see over the crowd, and nobody's going to let me in. And I climbed a tree, and when Jesus walked by, he looked up at me, at me, and he said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down. I'm going to have a meal in your house. I couldn't believe it. And I'll be honest with you, nobody else could believe it either. I could tell people were mad, but they're always mad at me when I'm around. I watched Jesus and I watched his disciples. I watched his followers as I fed everybody the best that I could get. They were happy. And you know what? They have nothing. They have nothing, but they were happy. They had a joy that I've never seen or known, but I long for. So I stood up in front of everybody. And I made a commitment. I made a commitment before them and God. I said, half of everything to the poor. 
And I want you to know I've done that. Half of everything I own. And then I said, I'm going to pay back everybody what I owe them. At that point, I can see him opening the bag and looking at it and saying, yeah, but Zacchaeus, there's more money in here than you stole from me. Yeah, I know, because I committed to pay back four times as much. I'm going to destroy greed and the idol of money in my life, is what he would say. And I've asked God to forgive me, and I'm asking you to forgive me. I want freedom. I want joy. I want forgiveness. And only God can give that. And I've met Jesus. And you know what? You should meet him too. So to all of you that are watching from any of our campuses, Sunnyside, Centro Cristiano, Bienvenidos a ustedes que están aquí escuchando en inglés, pero hablan español. This is the word of the Lord. It's Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross and follow me. If you hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And I think Zacchaeus would hear words like that and you know what he'd say? No. Whatever idols in his life, he laid it down. He gave. And you know what? He's not alive anymore. And he has no regrets because he's in the presence of King Jesus. So I want to challenge you today. There's a number on the bottom of the screen. You can text that number and somebody will call you and pray with you. They're going to pray with you about the destruction of your idols. They're going to pray with you if you say, you know what, that's great, but man, what I need to do first is meet Jesus. And I want to say Jesus is here to meet you. If you're like Zacchaeus and you're up in a tree right now, Jesus is calling you. Come on down. I want to have a meal with you. I want to engage with you. I want to set you free because I've come to seek and to save the lost. I've come to change your life. So I'm encouraging you. Text your name. That's all you got to do is text your name to that number and we will call you. We will pray with you for the destruction, the death of idols in your life and we'll pray with you if you need to to meet Jesus because he's here calling you and inviting you to destroy your idols and to come to salvation. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we come into your presence only because of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you truly are the Savior of the world and you came to seek and to save the lost. I thank you that when I was lost, you saved me. Thank you that you are still destroying idols in my life. And thank you that you want to destroy the idols in all of our lives. So give us courage to lay them down because the exchange is you and your power and your presence, your salvation, your freedom, your joy that you want to pour over us. So we invite you to do that today. And for those that are here, and you need to be called out of the tree, so to speak, and come to Jesus because he's here to save you, I encourage you. Join those that are texting in about their idols. Text in and say, I want to meet Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is here for you. Three things. One, God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die in your place and pay the penalty for your sin. And there is sin in your life, but that's why Jesus has come. 
And you can choose to say yes to him today. It's as simple as texting your name in, and we'll give you a call.